up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We are here for the all-decade team offense. Last week, we did the defense. If you like the podcast, make sure to like and subscribe. We're going to put this one on YouTube. And, and moving forward, I'm going to try to put these on YouTube as well. But we're on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, all the podcast forms, uh, platforms that you can think of, and maybe a few that you can't think of. So excited to get into this. After this, I've decided what we're going to do. I'm going to do something a little fun after this, and I'll probably do it a two to three shorter podcasts that won't be on YouTube in the coming weeks. And basically, we're going to do best case, worst case scenario for each team. And I think it's going to be a fun exercise. I've already been thinking uh, a little bit about it. What's the best case scenario with a schedule that Rutgers has? What's the worst case scenario for Ohio State and their schedule and everything in between? I think there's some really fun scenarios for a lot of teams uh, in the conference this year. In fact, I was just talking with a, a friend of mine about Penn State, and I think their season in particular could be very, very interesting uh, going one way or another. So it'll be fun, but that'll be we'll, we'll start that in the coming weeks. Today, we're going to finish our two-part series in the all-decade team uh, of the Big Ten. We did the defense last week, and I was I didn't realize this until I saw it on a Wikipedia page. I mentioned it on the, on the pod last week, but 24-7 Sports did an all-Big Ten team of the decade from 2010 to 2019. And so just, just to look, I didn't switch anything uh, before the pod today, but I looked at it this morning. If you're listening to this on Friday, that means I, I looked at it on Wednesday. That's when I'm recording. But I looked at it and just to compare to see, okay, how, how close was I to what maybe different sports writers put down? And I actually was really encouraged by kind of our similarities. I, I had just looking at the, the differences on the specialists and the defense, we had different specialists. So I had Brad Craddock and Cameron Johnston uh, of Maryland and Ohio State, respectively. They had Mike Sadler from Michigan State and Keith Duncan from Iowa. And those made sense. I, I think you're splitting hairs with both of them. Keith Duncan was, was a Lou Groza finalist. And Brad Craddock was a Lou Groza Award winner. So I picked the Lou Groza Award winner over Keith Duncan. In terms of the all-purpose guy, they had it split between Braxton Miller of Ohio State and Jabril Peppers of Michigan. And I went with Jabril, Jabril Peppers. So that made sense to me. They only had four defensive backs. And I replaced Desmond King. Uh, I replaced Josh Jackson for Desmond King, both Desmond King, both of Iowa. And because of that, we, I was, we were four for four. They had Antoine Winfield of Minnesota, Malik Hooker, Darquez Denard, and Desmond King. The only difference is I had a fifth guy and that was Jeff Akuda. So that was, we were spot on with defensive backs, with linebackers. We agreed on two, Devin Bush and Chris Borland out of Michigan and Wisconsin, respectively. I picked Micah Parsons out of Penn State. They had Josie Jewell, which I think makes sense because Micah Parsons 
I picked more because he was special. He was just a special talent. Whereas Josie Jewell, you know, he was steady. He had the accolades. He had the awards. He had the acclaim. So it makes sense. But I went with the specialness of Micah Parsons. And then in terms of defensive line, because they did 2010 to 2019 instead of 2011 to 2020, they included J.J. Watt and Ryan Kerrigan, who finished their collegiate careers in 2010. They were not, I was not able to pick them. And the other two guys that they had on the defensive line were Chase Young and Joey Bosa, who I picked. So I was, I was encouraged that with, without their information, we were pretty in line. I think not out of nine out of 14 selections, I was in line with, with 24 seven sports and I, I, at 24 seven sports, I, I have a lot of respect for, I think they're a really good publication. The offense is going to be a little different. And part of it is I think the two, the two most stacked positions in the big 10 are on the offensive side of the ball. And there's definitely a bit more disagreement on our lists. I'll kind of give you a little bit of a breakdown. We disagreed on quarterback we were, we were in line with running back, uh, with both running backs. They had two running backs. They only picked two wide receivers, and I had one of their wide receivers. I'm picking three wide receivers, by the way. So we were one of two um, on our list, and I think part of that might be the 2010 to, or the, the 2010 to 2019 versus 2011 to 2020 because two of my receivers are, are more weighted towards the, the – the that 2020 season we agreed on the tight end and on the offensive line they picked six guys and we only had two that we agreed on but and the offensive line was the hardest to pick and actually every single name on their list was someone i had on my list at some point during this process except for one and i'll i'll actually go through that because i for wide receiver, offensive line, and running back, I have some honorable honorable mentions. I did not do that for the defense because I thought the defense, a lot of those guys made sense, and I didn't feel like I needed honorable mentions. I felt like for, especially for running back and for offensive line, I needed some honorable mentions because there's just a lot of very good, there were a lot of ways you could go with it. And so I'll, I'll explain that we're going to start with the offensive line and then we're going to take a, a, a quick break. And then I will come back to do the tight end wide receivers, running back and quarterback. Um, so we're going to start there. Let me, let me first start with how I decided offensive line. I tried to keep it as traditional as possible. So there, there are a couple guys that I have in the honorable mention list because they didn't spend their whole time at the position. There are some guys that were just so good that I'm like, all right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them on the list. I, they spent a year at, at guard and then three years at tackle or two years at tackle, but I'm going to put them in at guard because I just think they're, they're better than everybody else. But I tried to keep it where it's not just five offensive linemen, but I tried to go tackle, guard, center, guard, tackle. And 
because of that, there are guys on my first team list that are a little different than maybe the best five. And I, I think particularly center is, is I might say that that's, that's the case. But I, I think there are a lot of ways you could go. Again, I tried to stick with accolades and, and what the sports writers said, all Big Ten selections, consensus All-American selections. Um, the only time I, I didn't do that, and that this is mostly the case with running back and wide, running back, wide receiver and, and quarterback, is that there are times that accolades, statistics, just did not make up for how special a player was. And so, again, this is a subjective exercise. So if you disagree, that's fine. It's okay to disagree. I don't think, I, I think there are clearly wrong answers, but I think, I think there's going to be a level of disagreement and that's okay. One other thing is that in my, in the podcast yesterday or last week, rather, I said I didn't have a Wisconsin offensive lineman and that I had two Ohio State offensive linemen. I changed that. There is a Wisconsin offensive lineman and there's only one Ohio State offensive lineman uh, in the first team. So that's, that's, those are my caveats. I did change that. Let's see if there's any other caveats I need to give before we start. Ohio State does lead the way with three selections on the first team. Penn State has two, Iowa has two, Wisconsin has two. Let's see, does Michigan, yeah, Michigan has two. And then Purdue has one. And then am I missing anyone? I don't think so. Okay, so that's, that's kind of the makeup of the team. I do have a couple of honorable mentions from other schools. So let me, let me, let me start with the honorable mentions. And a number of these are on the 24 seven sports page and three out of four of them at one point or another made it on my first team list only just to get scratched off as I was rethinking some of it. So the honorable mentions uh, first is, is Michael Dieter out of Wisconsin really, really excellent guard for them, paved the way for a number of, of really good running backs. Second on my honorable mention list is Billy Price of Ohio State. Uh, Billy Price was a Remington Award winner, was a first-team All-American. He's a first-round pick. He, he has not done well in the NFL, but he was a first-round pick. Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State, arguably the best offensive lineman for their, their two playoff teams in 2019 and 2020. I think, he, I think he won offensive lineman of the year, was an All-American, really, really gifted offensive, offensive guard. And then the, the guy I, I had not considered, but was on the 24-7 sports, uh, all Big Ten of the decade team, that looking into his, his accolades a bit more, I was like, I, I really should have considered him was Dan Feeney out of Indiana. Uh, we're getting uh, some Hoosier love in here. I thought just looking at how he performed and who he paved the way for, you know, he, he was anchoring an offensive line with Tevin Coleman who ran for 2000 yards. And that's, that's saying something at Indiana, you know, especially in those earlier years where they, they weren't as competitive uh, of, of the decade. 
Uh, he's really, really good. Like really, really good as an offensive lineman. So those are my honorable mention guys, but let's, we're going to go straight to my first team list list. And I'm going to start, I'm just going to go from tackle, tackle to tackle. So the first guy I've got is Taylor Lewan of the Michigan Wolverines. He played for Michigan from 2009 to 2013. He was the first round pick, the, the 11th pick of the NFL draft. He is still a starter for the Titans. He was a, a two-time All-American, first-team All-American, three-time All-Big Ten performer, and a two, two-time Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year. There's really not much to say other than he was a dominating offensive lineman. And he did it during a time, at least in 2011 and 2012, where, where Michigan was, was pretty decent. Uh, they really started to fall off in, 20, in 2013. And then obviously 2014 was the year they fired Brady Hoke. But he was a really, really good player, an elite player for the Michigan Wolverines uh, when they needed an elite, elite player. So Taylor Lewan is, is the anchor, one of the anchors of, of the offensive line. Uh, at tackle. The second guy is uh, the, his rival, one of his rivals is Pat Elfline. Pat Elfline at guard. Now this was hard because he was both a guard and a center, but you look at his accolades. He was a, obviously a national champion in 2014, a unanimous All-American in 2016. He was the big 10 offensive lineman of the year 2016 is a Remington trophy award winner at 2016. So you might be thinking, well, that was all as a center. Why is he your guard? Because he was a three time first team, all big 10 performer from 2014 to 2016 and 2014 and 2015, it was at guard. So I have a lot of respect for that. He was a first team, all big 10 guard for two years before he made it big as a center and if you if you look at the makeup of their offensive line over the the national championship year and the, the rest of those years you've got a lot of i think there were th uh two first round picks on that line and taylor decker and billy price but the guy who really made the running game go all those years it was Pat Elfline and, you know, Zeke Elliott and Carlos Hyde ran behind those lines. Carl, Pat Elfline came in in 2013 late, but I mean, you look at the games that Carlos Hyde had against big time defenses. You know, he played against Michigan, Michigan state and Clemson in 2013 and Carlos Hyde had big games. Braxton Miller had a big game running, running the ball. That was Pat Elfline was in those games. And and from the time he stepped into the lineup to the end of his playing career, that running game was excellent. You know, JT Barrett running behind that offensive line, even Mike Weber, who I think was an, uh, he was a good running back. He wasn't elite or great, but he was good. He had a thousand yard season uh, his, his freshman year. And that was behind a anchored offensive line, but uh, behind Pat Elfline, just a great offensive lineman. Uh, underrated I think so I've got him at guard my center I think 
is is maybe the the biggest point of contention here because he is a pure center. I really thought about going Billy Price here. I also thought about going David Mulk from Michigan here, but I went with Tyler Biotish, who is currently the, the starting center for the Dallas Cowboys. He's of Wisconsin. Uh, he was the unanimous All-American in 2019, Remington Trophy Award winner in 2019, two-time first team All Big Ten 2018, 2019. He was a third team All Big Ten selection in 2017. He anchored the Wisconsin offensive line that enabled Jonathan Taylor to get all the accolades that he got. He is a, was a nasty, nasty center. And I, you know, he was only a fourth round pick centers. Don't tend, they tend not to go high in the draft unless if you're really, really elite, but he was a, he was talked about as the best center in college football in 2019, like heading into the season. And then I remember Ohio state beat writers talking about how they were really going to have a tough time, you know, being able to, to stop the running game because of uh, Biotish and lo and behold, especially in the big 10 championship game, he was excellent in that game against a really, really elite Ohio state team. You know, Jonathan Taylor, I think he made two Heisman ceremonies because of that, because of that line, not just because of the line, he, Jonathan Taylor's a stud and we'll talk about him later in the podcast, but he was a phenomenal center and he was, he stayed at center. Uh, he was converted to center and he started all 14 games. The other thing, he, he was a freshman All-American. So you look at his accolades and you just think he was a force to be reckoned with at a position of strength for that program, which is offensive line. So I've got uh, Tyler Biotish there at center. At the second guard spot, and this is another spot where there might be some quibbling here, I have Brandon Scherf. Brandon Scherf out of Iowa. Now, I know he was a tackle for three years and that he was only guard his freshman year. He is a guard in the NFL. And I just... Out of all the players on this list, he was the guy I just could not ignore despite his, you know, the fact that he was a tackle. Because I wanted to get another tackle on here too that I think is is maybe just as good. But, you know, you look at Sheriff, you know, he was an Outland, he was the Outland Trophy Award winner. That's best offensive lineman in the country. He was the offensive lineman of the year in the big 10 in 2014. He's a unanimous all American in 2014 first team, all big 10. Now it's all, all in one year, but you look at his, how special he is in college and in pro. And I just couldn't ignore it. I mean, you look, you look at what he has accomplished both in college and professional football. And again, I, I, I said this, if, there, if we're splitting hairs, I'm going to use pro as a, as a tiebreaker. So I think you could give more attention to Michael Dieter or Billy Price or Wyatt Davis if you just go on college accolades. I can't ignore the fact that 
He was a first team all pro in 2020. He's a five-time pro bowler. He was, he was on the PFWA all rookie team. He is one of the best offensive linemen in football right now. And he was the best to do it in 2014 as a college player. So I'm giving that to Brandon Sheriff and rounding out my offensive line. I have another Iowa grad, Tristan Wirfs, who has also been a force in the NFL. First team all pro last year, made the Pro Bowl. He's a Super Bowl champion, PFWA all rookie team in 2020. And you might be sitting there thinking, yes, but what did he do in college? Yes, he was the Big Ten offensive lineman of the year in 2019. First team all Big Ten in 2019. First team all American in 2019. And was just straight up dominating. Like just absolutely dominating. He was excellent as a tackle. And again, there, there are probably a few tackles that you could make the case that had maybe more longevity. But ultimately, I, I think the two best tackles in the Big Ten over the past 10 years, well, from 2011 to 2020, it was Taylor Lewan and Tristan Wirfs. And I, I just, I don't know if you can go beyond those two guys. And there were great other great tackles. Um, oh gosh, Taylor Decker is the, is the guy that, that I immediately think of at Ohio State. But I, I just, I felt like Tristan Wirfs, uh, Tristan Wirf, Tristan Wirfs, gosh, I, I'm stumbling over his name. He, to me, was the most dominating tackle. And again, his pro success right now kind of weighted my selection of him. Let me take a quick break, and then we'll be back with the tight end receivers, running backs, and quarterback. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. We're going to go tight end, wide receivers, running backs, quarterback. And so the tight end I have here, to me, was the most obvious choice for several reasons. And it is, it is a shame that he did not get to prove it at, at the NFL level, because I think as I think he would have been a great pro had he not gotten hurt in the orange bowl against Florida state, but the tight end that I have, and this is the same one that two, four, seven sports has is Jake, Butt out of Michigan. And, you know, I, he was maybe the best skill position player for some really good Michigan teams, you know, 2015, 2016, Michigan had 10 wins in 2015. They made a New Year's Six Bowl in 2016. You know, had that great that great run, leading to a, you know double overtime loss to Ohio State, um, keeping them out of the Big Ten championship game, keeping them out of the playoff. But he was a superb player at tight end for for Michigan you know, had over 1,600 yards, 11 touchdowns in his career. 
He was a John Mackey award winner, which means best tight end in the country uh, in 2016. He was a tight end uh, of uh, the tight end of the year award winner in the big 10 twice. He was the first team, uh, first team, all big 10 selection twice. He was a first team all American. And just, if you're keeping score at home, he is the only player since the, the start of the tight end award, uh, tight end of the year award was being given out uh, to win it twice. Everybody else has only won it once. And so, and there's, there's a lot of good players on that list. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, Pat Fryermuth, Max Williams, Devin Funches, J- uh, Jacob Pedersen out of Wisconsin. Jake Butts, the only two, two-time winner of the award. And so he is, I think, easily the tight end selection for, uh, for this team. And again, I, I lament the fact that he had to retire because he was, he was an excellent, excellent collegiate player. And I thought he had a bright, a bright future, if not for getting hurt in that orange bowl. We're going to move on to wide receiver. And like I said, I I have one honorable mention and I'll, I'll explain why I didn't, I didn't pick him outright. Tyler Johnson from Minnesota is my honorable mention. He broke all kinds of records for Minnesota, was a part of that big 2019 uh, 2019 run uh, for the Gophers where I think they had 10, either 10 or 11 wins, beat Auburn in uh, a New Year's Day bowl game. Just a big season for P.J. Fleck and the Gophers. And Tyler Johnson was a big reason for that. I, I didn't pick him for a couple reasons. One is that I, I think there's a couple of guys who are a little bit, one guy in particular, who I think is a little bit more special and his 20, particularly in 2020, two of my receivers, if you extrapolate their statistics over a full season, they also would have surpassed a number of records for their schools. And that's no no shade on Tyler Johnson, who was on 247 Sports selection list. I just don't think, I, I, because of 2020, 2020 is an odd duck, especially for st- offensive statistics, because if you actually tally it up over you know, a 14-game season or a 15-game season instead of seven or eight or 10, it changes how you look at the statistics. And so... Tyler Johnson was great for Minnesota, but I, I, I think he's worthy of honorable mention, but I don't have him as one of my three receivers. I'll go in order. My, my number three receiver is David Bell out of Purdue. David Purdue, David Purdue, goodness. David Bell single-handedly beat two top five teams this year, this past year. Now I know that's 2021, but you know, it was because of him that they beat Iowa. It was because of him that they beat Michigan State. Now, I, Aiden O'Connell had a lot to do with that. Their other receivers had a lot to do with that. But David Bell was incredible in a number of those, those contests. He had uh, nearly 1,300 yards in 11 games. He had six touchdowns. Um, just a, a phenomenal player. It just was in the right place at the right time often. I thought it was a travesty that he was 
picked in the third round. I think it's probably even more of a travesty that he's picked by the Cleveland Browns. But that's besides the fact he was uh, a consensus first team All-American in 2021, which again, this is a 2011 to 2020 list, but you gotta, you gotta factor it in. And he was a second team all big 10 player in 2019. And he was a first team, all big 10 player in 2020. He was the big 10 freshman of the year in 2019 and ended up, I don't think he, I don't know if he broke Purdue's record, um, but he actually, no, I do think he broke, I, I should have done more research here, but I'm pretty sure he did break Purdue's record for most yards for a, uh, for a receiver. Um, and that's in three years. And one of them was shortened. It was in 29 games. So if someone wants to fact check me, I'm actually going to look this up as, as I'm doing this, I'm going to fact, fact check myself. Um, but he averaged a hundred yards a game in his career, like over a hundred yards a game in his career. That's insanity. I mean, just incredible career for David Bell. And I think, I think he'll do really well in, in the pros. I'm looking this up now just because I don't, I don't want to screw this up. I am wrong. He is fifth all time. Uh, 2,946 yards. There are four receivers ahead of him, but out of the top 10, he's the only one to do it in three years. And really he did it in two and a half. So I still give the, I, I still think David Bell is one of the top three receivers uh, in the decade. And I'm going to stick by that. I think the stats back it up. I think his impact stacks it up. I think speaking of impact, my number two receiver is Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest. This might be the one where I'm a little biased because Chris Olave might be my favorite player out of Ohio State ever. I love the kid. He is, he's a selfless player. I also think he really, 2020 just screwed, screwed him over because I think he was on track to be the best receiver in college football. And I think the only reason why he wasn't the best receiver in college football this year is because Jackson Smith and Jigba showed up. Um, and so I'm not going to knock the guy for being in a receiver room with Jackson Smith and Jigba and Garrett Wilson, who were both, you know, Garrett Wilson's a uh, first round pick. Chris Olave is a first round pick. Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably going to be a first round pick. So I'm not going to knock him for that. Uh, he did make an all a first team all American list. He was a two time All Big Ten performer, uh, third team All Big Ten performer in 2019. But here's here's where I really think, and again, it's about being special. He played in 38 games, had 2,700 yards. If you go to his 2020 season, he played in seven games put up 729 yards and eight touchdowns in the semifinal against Clemson. He had six catches for over 120 yards, two touchdowns broke the back of the defense. He was incredible in that game. He was phenomenal. And if you go back and watch him play against Alabama against Patrick Sertan, 
who I think is one of the best corners in uh, in the, I think he, he has the potential to be one of the best corners in the NFL. He was beating Patrick Sertan. He was beating guys, you know, elite corners. Like you go back to the Clemson game in 2019 and he was beating guys who were going to be NFL draft picks. You know, he will be, I think, un- sadly known as the guy who broke off the route that led to an interception that ended uh, Ohio State's playoff hopes. But I think if you, this is where I, I really get down to it. If you extrapolate his 2020 season to 15 games, so he doesn't miss the Big Ten championship game because of COVID. And, you know, they made the national championship game. So that would have been a 15 game season. He would have had, let me do the math in my head, a little less than 1,600 yards receiving. He would have had a, a little over 16 touch. He would have had been at 16 or 17 touchdowns and the best receiver on the national runner up. Yeah. I think he's going to make my list. And I think if he had done that, he would have been right behind Devonte Smith. I I'm not saying he was Devonte Smith. Devonte Smith was unstoppable for Alabama in 2020, but he was going to be a top two or top three receiver in the country. And he just didn't get the games to prove it. And it might be my bias. It might be the fact that I love him, but I'm just, I'm, I'm going to reward him for the fact that he averaged 104 yards a game and over a touchdown a game in 2020. And so I've got Chris Olave as my second receiver. Love the kid, love the player. I think the Saints got a good one. I think he's going to be great in the NFL. My number one receiver, I think, is my the biggest slam dunk. 247 Sports agreed with this. It's Allen Robinson out of Penn State. Allen Robinson, a second round pick and has been excellent in the NFL. He was a consensus All-American in 2013. He was the Richter Howard Receiver of the Year Award winner in 2012-2013. That just means he was the, the best receiver in the Big Ten. And he was a first team All-Big Ten selection in 2012 and 2013. Uh, he had two seasons, over a thousand yards, and those were seasons where honestly the, the receiving game wasn't even that, the, the passing game wasn't even that good for Penn state. So I, I, I have Allen Robinson as my number one receiver, just a great, great player. Single-handedly defeated teams on Penn state teams that were depleted and were still recovering from uh, sanctions from the, the sex abuse scandal. So all in all, those are my receivers. I've got Allen Robinson, number one, Chris Olave, number two, David Bell, number three. Let me get to running back. Running back is an odd duck because I was very sure of who I thought running backs one and two were. Like very sure who running backs number one and number two were. And yet, I couldn't shake the feeling that I was doing an injustice to several running backs. Because if you look at the running backs that have come through the big 10, they have been phenomenal. It's, it's probably aside from offensive line, it's probably the biggest position of strength. So just a few to name that I, that I thought of that I don't have on the list, Tevin Coleman out of Indiana, he was 2000 yard rusher. 
Le'Veon Bell out of Michigan State. Amir Abdullah out of Nebraska. Ezekiel Elliott and J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. Monty Ball and Melvin Gordon out of Wisconsin. If you told me in 2015 that I wouldn't have any of those guys, aside from Dobbins, who, who didn't play, but that I wouldn't have any of those guys on my all Big Ten team of the decade team, like I'd look at you like you were nuts. I mean, Ball and Gordon set records. Uh, Zeke Elliott set records at Ohio State. Le'Veon Bell was an all-purpose back. That was excellent. Tevin Coleman was, uh, I think, set records in Indiana. And, you know, you get to J.K. Dobbins, and he, he ran over 2,000 yards for a playoff team. So who in the world could possibly be better? Well, let me, let me tell you. The first guy, it's, it's less on stats and more just the fact that he is the best running back I've ever seen in college. And that is Saquon Barkley out of Penn State. He is the best blend of speed, power, size, agility and quickness, hands that I have ever seen. And he did it all the while of running behind perennially a, a mediocre to bad offensive line because Penn State under James Franklin cannot field a good offensive line. I don't understand it. And yet he was the best, he was the most special player uh, on the field whenever he got, he, whenever he was in the game. I remember, I think it was in 2015. Penn State and Ohio State were playing and they had Zeke Elliott, they had Joey Bosa, they had Michael Thomas, you know, all pro guys, you know, all-star talent. And the best player on the field, the most special player on the field was a freshman, Saquon Barkley. He was electric. He was the best player on the field. And that was the case whenever he touched the ball. He and, and the only thing that really kept him from being even more elite was the fact that his offensive line stunk. And even with that, he averaged 5.7 yards per carry. He had 3,843 yards rushing in 38 games. So he averaged 100 yards a game, 43 touchdowns in 38 games. So more than a touchdown a game. He had 102 receptions for 1,195 yards and eight touchdowns. He ran two kickoff for, kickoffs for touchdowns. He threw for a touchdown. He showed up in big games. He was, and then if you look at his accolades, he's a Paul Hornung Award winner. He's a consensus All-American in 2017, two-time Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year in 2016-2017, running back of the year in 2016-2017, uh, the specialist of the year in 2017. He was a two-time All-Big Ten performer in 2016 and 2017, and he was a 2015 second-team All-Big Ten player, all behind a terrible offensive line every year. That is crazy. And honestly, even if he had none of those awards, he would still be one of my top two running backs because just watch the film. Watch the film and watch him make magic. And before you say, well, you know, against Ohio State in 2017, he only had 20, 21 carries for 44 yards. He was terrible. Just watch the film. 
Watch the film. He was electric. Kickoff return for a touchdown. 21 yard, I think it was a 22 yard run for a touchdown that he made something out of nothing. Want to know why he ran for 44 yards that day and not more? Because his offensive line stunk. That's why. That's that's why they, 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 they were terrible. They have been terrible for years. And if you're a Penn State offensive lineman, I am not knocking you. I'm knocking your coaches because under James Franklin, they cannot develop an offensive line. But Saquon Barkley is special. He is special, special, special. I think the, the, the most special player I've ever seen in college, it is a shame that he's had injuries in the pros because his first couple of years in the pros, he was electric. And I hope he gets back to that. Um, because I think he can be, you know, if he gets back to that speed, I think he'd be the best running back in, in the NFL. I don't know if he ever will, but he's phenomenal. Uh, speaking of phenomenal, my, my other running back on this list is Jonathan Taylor. And it should be no shock that a Wisconsin running back makes a list. And ultimately, I put him on this list because, uh, above other guys because compared to the other guys, I just thought he was better. You know, he was a Heisman finalist multiple times. He has the NCAA freshman rushing record. He was a Doak Walker Award winner in 2018-2019. Unanimous All-American in 2018-2019. That means everybody voted for him. Running back of the year in the Big Ten, 2018-2019. Big Ten freshman of the year. The AP Big Ten newcomer of the year in 2017. And I'm trying to remember if he was a Heisman finalist two years or just one year I'm blanking on whether he was um, whether he was at the Heisman ceremony in 2018 I'm going to look that up this is something I should have looked up earlier but it the fact remains he had two years over 2,000 yards that's insanity I mean just just crazy crazy good um in in yeah let me let me look at the heisman ah i can't believe that they don't have this um yeah sorry i'm sorry about that oh here we go 2018 okay he was not there in 2018 he was there in 2019 he was there in 2019 um with or no, he wasn't. How was he not there? Oh, because, okay. Sorry. He never made, he was never a Heisman finalist. My bad. Uh, this is what fact-checking does to me. Um, that being said, he should have been in the Heisman because he was incredible. Uh, absolutely deserves to be on this list above everybody else. And that wraps up my list, except for one very vital position, the most important position, which is quarterback. 247 Sports has JT Barrett of Ohio State. And I think there's a good case for that. JT Barrett broke all sorts of Big Ten records. 
He, I think, has more touchdowns than anybody, more passing yards than anybody. He has a national championship to his name, although he wasn't the starter for the national championship game. He has two Big Ten championships. Uh, I think he finished sixth for the Heisman his freshman year. Has several awards to his name. And if, if you're talking about longevity and statistics and win-loss record, 38-6 and six as a starter, he absolutely makes sense as, as the selection. He is not my first-team All-Big Ten quarterback of the of the decade there are a number of guys i thought about but I, I i'll be honest i didn't think about it too hard you know guys like connor cook out of michigan state trace mcsorley out of penn state Dwayne haskins out of ohio state were guys i, I thought about to me though it just became it was it it was a knee-jerk decision within five seconds and it's Justin Fields. Justin Fields is the best quarterback I've ever seen at Ohio State. Not the best quarterback ever, but he was an elite prospect. I, I still think it was a travesty that he fell to 11 behind Trey Lance, of all people. I don't get that. And I think the 49ers are kicking themselves right now with what I'm hearing out of, out of their camp. But he was the, the Chicago Tribune Silver Football Award winner in 2020. He was a Heisman finalist in 2019. Getting my Heisman Heismanology correct now. Two-time Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. Two-time Quarterback of the Year in the Big Ten. Second team All-American in 2019. And a first team All-Big Ten selection in 2019 and 2020. And he was the Big Ten Football Championship Game MVP in 2019. His, his college statistics were impeccable. He had in, in 22 games for Ohio State, he had 63 touchdowns and nine interceptions. He had uh, 15 rushing touchdowns. And he had 5,373 passing yards. Again, this is in 22 games. And he had 867 rush yards. I, he's, he was just a phenomenal player, phenomenal dual threat. His, his 2020 season, he threw for 70%, uh, a 70% completion rate. He averaged nine, 9.2 and a half yards per, uh, per attempt. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's really elite. That's just excellent in terms of his, his ability. And then you look at his deep ball, you look at everything that he can do. He's 20 and two as a starter, made it to two playoffs. And I think just as a special talent, he is better. He, he's the best quarterback that the big tennis produced uh, in, in the decade. You know, the one exception, and I, I didn't mention him, but I'll mention him here is Russell Wilson but he was only at Wisconsin for a year and, and he didn't make the impact that Justin Fields did at was uh, that Justin Fields made at Ohio state. Uh, Russell Wilson made them a, a very good offense, you know, but they, they blew games that they shouldn't have, blew, they shouldn't have blown. You know, they lost three games, one to one in the Rose bowl. They lost to Michigan state 
and they, they lost to a bad Ohio State team in 2011. I is, I mean, they, that Ohio State team that year, I think they won a game completing one pass because they couldn't throw. You know, they went, I think Braxton Miller went one of four passing in that game for like 17 yards. That's how bad they were offensively. And Wisconsin, like Russell Wilson got beat by that Ohio State team. Like Russell Wilson should have put up at least 30 or 40, enough points to, to beat Ohio State that day. And they didn't. So I, that's not a knock on Russell Wilson. It's just, the, if you look at the impact, Justin Fields made a much bigger impact as a quarterback than Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson did. And I, this is no shade at JT Barrett, but JT was not the sole reason why Ohio State was great. Whereas I, I think if you, you can make the argument that if you took Justin Fields off the 2019 and 2020 teams uh, for Ohio State, it's not the same, like at all in terms of their ability to compete for a playoff, a national championship, so that, that, so he's my quarterback. To me, it's not close. Um, so just to, to recap, I've got Justin Fields at quarterback, Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley at running back, Allen Robinson, Chris Olave, David Bell, wide receiver, Jake Butt, the tight end, Trace, Tristan Wirfs, Brendan Sheriff, Tyler Biedash, I'm butchering that name, Pat Elfline and Taylor Lewan as my offensive line. And there you have it, the all Big Ten team of the decade from 2011 to 2020. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to agree, disagree, leave a review. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow us wherever you get you can. This has been the Big Ten Football Talk Playoff. Thanks for watching and God bless. Yeah.